If you are vulnerable to psychic damage from roguish language, stay away from these gibbering mouths. But if you intend on listening to this podcast about enriching your fantastical group hallucinations, you're too far gone already. Hey there, and welcome to the Hook and Chance podcast. Your next game is going to be a fiery inferno, and here's why. In this series of episodes, we are diving into tiefling society. So in the last episode, we looked at how tieflings band together. In this episode, we're looking at what it feels like when tieflings are cast out. And in the next one, we are looking into how do tieflings incorporate their unique physiology into their daily lives. Which gets weird. I'm Jordan. And I'm his brother, Travis. Trying to play a tiefling is a little bit tricky because I've got big ass horns now. I've got a tail. I've got parts of my being that I just can't hide. There's something really compelling, I'd say, when playing tieflings that allow you to explore and empathize with characters that are not you and that's just general to role playing as well like you get to be somebody yeah. that you aren't <laughs> that's the whole point yeah it's, it's easy to play a character that's similar to you and it's a lot of fun but to really stretch your limits and learn something about someone else requires diving into those different characters yeah and so to that effect you can sure you can play a a big tough brawny barbarian Heck that is yeah. just not you, but you can also play somebody who is dealing with some shit yeah. that you don't have to deal with. The challenge here is that there are aspects of playing tieflings that can be really, really interesting because they are the others. However, in fantasy worlds, you do have to be careful because there's sometimes a little bit of bleed over with the real world. And so you have to play these characters often carefully, because there are people in the world that are dealing with being othered. And every so, moment of every day. Exactly. Yeah. That's like daily life for them. So it's a really interesting opportunity that playing tieflings holds. So we wanted to explore what that looks like psychologically when people are othered. Yeah. And how that might affect a fantasy character in a way that makes more compelling role-playing and deeper, richer characters. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're, we'll follow a tiefling through their life when we're talking about this stuff and apply it to the mental state and the viewpoints that a tiefling might hold after a lifetime of walking around with all this different stuff and some of the stigmas that the residents of your fantasy world would or could impose on them. Those now, shit bags. <laughs> so they exist, These the tieflings exist in small groups like we described in the first episode or they can be completely on their own. Maybe they're nomadic, maybe they're seeking somewhere to fit in, or maybe they were just tossed out from whatever community they were born into. Yeah, and uh, in our homebrew world, tieflings are actually the result of environmental changes of that particular area of the world that they were born. So yeah, there's lots of different ways that I think tieflings can come about, but ultimately they are the, the blueprint or the map for wild and weird looking and those others like yeah. they're, they're supposed to be that character which is why in forgotten realms they're very much leaned into like that 
And in that Forgotten Realms lore, tieflings are depicted as having red skin, horns, and a devil tail. And it's they're kind of all look similar. Kind of homogenous, yeah. Yeah, which I find kind of weird at first. But that lore describes them as coming from the top tier devil. They've all got his blood in their veins. Kind Asmodeus. Of thing. Asmodeus. Yeah. And so they all, yeah, look like that devil. But you don't subscribe to that. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's Balderdash. I demand the craziest looking tieflings I can conjure. So with our example today, let's consider Tivius, where we got that name from fantasynamegenerators.com, which is what we use all the time in our home games. So Tivius is the short and wiry blue skinned tiefling. His skin is cold and dry to the touch. Kind of drawing a little inspiration from the ice devils. Ah. He's got unnaturally large eyes that are always scanning around, and he's even got small bone protrusions on his back that grow like hair. Maybe they even <laughs> fall out. That's a real challenge. And that's just an extra level of pain in the ass during your grooming. Yeah. <laughs> Things that nobody else has to deal with. So all of this, despite the fact that all he really wants is to be an actor in the big city, a thespian making tears and laughs, causing people to consider the depths of the experience called life amidst a world of dragons and harpies and monsters and (laughs) devils. It's all crazy and wild. (laughs) It worked a real head of steam up there, huh? (laughs) Well, yeah, with that, let's hop into Kinship Camp where we'll explore this some more. This is Kinship Camp, where rich histories and diverse quirks are explored between weary adventurers around the safety of the fire. Okay, so you had some interesting psychological effects and and elements of kind of real-world psychology that you explored as a part of being othered. So, yeah, take us through that. Yeah, so I, I think it's super interesting to learn about all these different psychological aspects. And it all starts with tieflings with the scapegoat theory. So scapegoating, you're probably familiar with. It's putting the blame on someone that doesn't deserve it. Someone, a group, or a thing that just doesn't deserve the blame. Happens a lot in politics. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. It also happens more in our daily lives than I'd like to admit. And the most common example I could come up with is something that you've done, I've done, you, everyone's done. When you show up a little bit late to work... And somebody says, why were you late? The most common answer is... Uh, Traffic. Traffic. I was going to say incurable road rage, but that's really, (laughs) really specific to me. And it's definitely not the fact that I left 10 minutes for a 20-minute drive. It is the other driver's fault on the road that caused me to be late. (laughs) It's just the fact that other people exist within the world. Yeah. If there was nobody on the road, I would have made it. Great. Apocalypse. Here we come. So yeah, it all kind of comes from that. People are blaming tieflings like Tivius for everything that happens to them. All the the horse shit that happens. My pie didn't rise properly, Tivius. Yeah. <laughs> what a dick. My, my crops didn't grow. My hair stopped. <laughs> stopped I growing. died. I went bald. It was all because of Tivius. Tivius. So Tivius has grown up in a classic fantasy town. We'll call it Yan's Mouth. It's uh, one of the towns in our homebrew world. He's born to a couple of farmers that live good, simple lives. He's blamed for many of the hardships of the town, like we were just talking about. But being a child, he, of course, gets into some mischief anyways, which only feeds the rumors 
Of course, yeah. And he's really not making a lot of friends in this uniform little town. But he does take care of and befriend a wingless duck. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. Very related. <laughs> when he's... I want to know more about the duck. Why is the duck wingless? <laughs> he's had his own tragic backstory, all right? Okay, all we'll right. We'll explore that in a different episode. <laughs> when Tivius is 10, a group of particularly evil-hearted townsfolk throw a torch in the barn he's playing in. Holy shit. Yeah. That escalated that's really quick. It, that's where it gets dark. All right. All the livestock are killed, but through a little luck and his hellish resistance, Ooh. which means he takes half fire damage. It's of that course. tiefling trait. He makes it out alive. He knows he's not wanted in Yan's mouth now, so he gives his mama and papa a kiss on the forehead. He packs his little bindle stick, throws his pet duck on his shoulder, and he hits the road. Oh, I want to see this as an animated film. <laughs> so what does little Tivius feel when he's ostracized? Of course, the first thing is it hurts. Sure. Makes sense. Not too, not too deep of a concept. Nope. But uh, a study in 2006 by Williams Fitness Newton and Cheng looked at brain activity in response to pain. Emotional pain registers in the same part of the brain as physical. Hmm. So you're not just like feelings aren't just feeling. Yeah, they're not compartmentalized. They're yeah. just there's one function that feels pain, and it it doesn't matter where the pain comes from. So and and beyond that, simply remembering instances of being ostracized also results in presently experienced pain levels exceeding dental pain and apparently on par with back pain and labor pain. Holy shit. Which I know that there's a lot of scope in those, but yeah, that's it's an example. <laughs> sure. Wow. So that's like that's been scientifically researched and proven. Yeah. Jesus. And I think what struck me the most about that is just that that means that if you're shitty to someone that it is affecting them now and potentially a thousand times in the future. Yeah. Every it's, time they pull up that memory from the old memory banks, they're feeling that same pain. Whereas physical pain isn't even that bad. I punch you in the gut and you're going to feel it now. And and I won't feel it in five years unless <laughs> yeah. you really do some damage. <laughs> it's like really give you a right punch. So how does that affect someone like Tivius? Well, you could give him the bond of having an incredible sense of justice like when he sees other people wronged, he he needs to put it right. Yeah. You know, whenever he comes across adventures or, or possibilities, somebody said, hey, this person hurt me. You know, of everyone in the party, Tivius is going to be the most likely to really push to take that quest. Yeah. To say, we need to set this right. And Tivius. that's now part of the, their character. He could even be more interested in other characters' backstories. Like as soon as he finds out something bad happened to them, it's like, oh, well, let's go find that. And fix it. <laughs> Let's go find that <laughs> asshole. <laughs> of course, uh, if you look at it as a flaw, being mistreated would cause Tivius potentially to shut down entirely in social situations. Interesting. So if somebody were, if somebody somehow brought back that same kind of pain, that pain of, of being shut out or cast out, Tivius might just shut right down. and Yeah. Or even in conversation, I suppose. Like if somebody... You know, you usually get into those situations where, yeah, where like a bartender was just like, we don't serve your kind. Okay, that just triggered it. Like, I'm shutting down now. Yeah, being kind of like useless to the party or just kind of thrown off, something like that. Until something brings them back or a conversation with a party member or something like that. 
So it also causes us to lose emotional control. See Nathan DeWall, PhD, a psychologist at the University of Kentucky, did some research. And again, this seems kind of common sense, but social rejection increases anger, anxiety, depression, jealousy, and sadness. It reduces performance on difficult intellectual tasks and can also contribute to aggression and poor impulse control. So as a bond, as a character bond, that is all the reason you really need to make Tivius the most stalwart member of an adventuring party because an adventuring party is a bunch of outcasts. Yeah. So when that group of outcasts sees the value in Tivius and, and, and his skills and what he brings to the party and then they accept him, like he's, he's going to protect that with everything he's got. Yeah, because those are people that don't make him feel all those things. And then on the other side of it, if you wanted to turn this into a flaw, Tivius could do really well with all any of performances that he learns on his own in front of his pet duck. Okay. Or even with the par- <laughs> party members that he trusts. As but... you do, sing to your duck in the ho- in the, <laughs> the tavern hotel room. Into those uh, morning twilight hours. <laughs> There's no twilight in the morning. But when he gets in front of a group of people, he clams up. Can't do it. So he's like that uh, singing frog from Looney Tunes, just never, <laughs> never performs in front of anybody else other That's than... That's right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a flaw that really represents the character growth. If All you have to do is play with that flaw, and it it's kind of a metaphor for his emotional growth throughout the campaign. That's a good point. Like, character growth doesn't have to be, oh, I learned to love again. It can simply, you know, you can simulate character growth or at least touch on it by doing something like that, like rolling some kind of uh, charisma check in order to just do the basics of being able to perform in public. Yeah. Like you can give your own character a disadvantage on (laughs) rolls to perform when there's more than one person in the room. Don't always, you can, yeah, you can do things that make it so you're not always doing the best you can do. Yeah. That's a character. Yeah, and then to have that grow over time and become better and maybe not have a disadvantage or or just role play that out to say like, oh yeah, Tivius is, you know, for the first time when when you set this up over the course of say three to six months of playing in a D&D campaign and then all of a sudden Tivius gets up on stage at the tavern and performs a ballad and actually succeeds in doing so, like... That is character growth. That, <laughs> yeah. you know, you've, moment to celebrate. You've done it. Some more things you can easily portray in Tivius is it also causes us to lose physical control. Ostracism causes a rapid heartbeat, dizziness, inability to catch the breath, excessive sweating. Oh, maybe I'm just socially awkward and that's that's got nothing to do with my uh, inability to catch breath has got nothing to do with my physical fitness level. Yeah, don't see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> don't change. <laughs> It also causes us to seek acceptance. So there was a program developed called Cyberball by Christopher Chung and Wilma Choi. It's been used in a lot of studies that involve ostracism. And it's a very simple, but pretty neat concept because it's just a, a program that kind of like VR that they hook your brain up to some electrodes and they have you play ball toss with a computer simulation. Okay. So you got two other people tossing a ball to you. And they would have the ball toss either continue in an equal fashion or they would have the other participants toss the ball to you less frequently. 
And that's where they were able to study the ostracism. And they threw all kinds of different variables in there. And they could tell just by hooking up some electrodes to, to their brains. That... Probably more advanced than that, but yeah. <laughs> that's just, just my simplicity. Throw a handful of electrodes <laughs> at that person and then don't toss a ball to them. We'll figure something out. Uh, well, that's so that's really interesting. And, and what was the result of that study? So, yeah, they did a lot of studies, but in one that I was looking at, people ostracized in a game of ball toss were more likely than people accepted to contribute on a collective task that was given to them after the ball toss. So the more somebody was ostracized during the, the ball toss experiment, they were more likely to help in other ways afterwards. Yeah, in a group task afterwards. And the people that were accepted in the ball toss participated, but they weren't craving that social interaction as much. So Tivius is super eager to please. Yeah. And in, in certain situations, he could totally play into that. Wow. And behaviors that you can use are things like social attentiveness, hardworking, gullibility, mimicry. The gullible and the the gullibility is an interesting thing to try to play up as a character. Yeah. To believe everyone. And like Everyone's always skeptical in D&D. Somebody walks up and says, hey, I have a favor for you. There's a cave not far. And it's like, oh, he's going to betray us. That guy's definitely going (laughs) to backstab us. But Tivius, being the gullible one in the party, might just be far more inclined to say, no, I believe him. He needs help. Yeah. He wants to help those that need help. So, yeah, he's going to automatically believe and be pulled back by his... <laughs> Makes total sense for somebody party. that has always been kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. treated and, poorly. And I think the mimicry, again, is a is a neat trait to play up because you're just physically mimicking other people and that might come across to other people as even more unsettling. Which well, you... And this plays back into that whole thing that we were talking about with Tivius being more likely to help their party. Because again, these folks have accepted them. So, you know, you're hardworking, you're super attentive to them. And as a bond, you could play Tivius as just needing to protect them and risking all life and limb. And that's why. Like a lot of people will take that bond as as just a bond for their character. I'll do anything for my party. But like Tivius has reasons and rationale behind why Tivius would throw himself in front in near certain death. Yeah. And you could also have a kind of on the more humorous side of traits, you could have Tivius taking on the behavior and beliefs of his party members. Oh yeah. With the mimicry. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That'd be fun. Yeah. What about a flaw for that one? I like the flaw comes from Tivius could try too hard to gain the approval of those that the party might just as soon move past or that really isn't worth it. Mm. Yeah. So like that, going back to that quest giver. Yeah. Might just work really, really hard. Somebody that doesn't necessarily like them, but needs them or something like that. (laughs) Tivius is going to work triple as hard as some of the other party members in like trying to, trying to win not necessarily their reward or their happiness or something like that, but their actual acceptance. Yeah, their approval. Their approval, yeah. And one of the final neat points is it uh, being ostracized causes us to seek out endorphins. So those are those happy chemicals that the brain produces. Or it's drug equivalent opioids, which 
affect the brain in the same way as endorphins. So Tivius might be really into any kind of activity that gives him those endorphins, that endorphin rush. Yeah, and I think the the clear example of that in Dungeons & Dragons being such a combat-focused game is that Tivius could get, as a personality trait, Tivius could get in a, a huge emotional high after the battle. It kind of Ooh. raises his social ability and his charisma, and all of a sudden he's that super sharp, suave, yeah. confident. Yeah, and then and then before like before a battle, is like oh shit, no 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 <laughs> no no no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do at this. His lowest. Yeah, and then there's there's obviously positives to that too. What about as a flaw? Tivius is a total adrenaline junkie and gets himself into really dangerous situations <laughs> without the careful consideration that most of the party would have. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that's, that's a trait that some people take, but it doesn't, it, it means so much more to me to have that reason behind it and the potential for growth past it. Yes. Well, that's just it is that it will be a flaw or a bond for as long as your character is alive and it, it'll remain unchanged unless there's a rationale and a reason behind it yeah, to overcome it, to change something, to, to have a dynamic character that changes. <laughs> you need those, those reasons. Running out over the uh, bridge that's barely holding together because goblins built it 200 years ago. Trying to save the, uh, the wingless duck. <laughs> yes, yeah, somebody's kidnapped his wingless duck. <laughs> that's the entire campaign for Tivius and Pals. This is a really cool opportunity to play out some of the things that are real, but really, really challenging to overcome. And in D&D, &D, we get the chance in that catharsis to really have an opportunity to overcome them. Yeah, without being personally attached to it quite exactly. so much. Throughout all of this discussion, it's, I don't know, my my biggest takeaway is just the ability to have more reasons for a party to bond together. And, you know, having characters like Tivius within the party that cares so much about this family of misfits and making sure that everyone's cohesive and everyone's kind of overcoming some of their big challenges that they have in their backstories. And yeah. Like, it just, it adds so much more richness and fun and... And this is how we get those visceral emotional moments in a game when somebody does move past some of these these psychological effects. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's a... It doesn't have to be a tiefling. Like, this stuff applies to every character, really. Yeah, like, every almost every character is an outcast or a misfit of some sort. That's why they're looking for others. That's why they're adventuring. That's yeah. why they don't have any homes. They're <laughs> all traveling the, the world over, picking up cool quests. Townsfolk with stable jobs do not seek out dragon hordes. They're NPCs. <laughs> yes. They're the quest givers, they, not the quest takers. They've got it all figured out in their lives. <laughs> that's a that's. I mean, our recurring joke is whenever things get a little bit too intense, I'm just going to go back to town and open up a bread shop. I'm sure everyone <laughs> has that uh, that table joke, but yeah. So yeah, some of the takeaways from this episode then. Playing othered characters is something super real for a lot of people in one form or another. So be careful. Lots of interesting character traits can evolve from the experience of living in a judgy society. You can't have good guys without the bad guys. So yeah, having those judgy town folks, those assholes mm -hmm. to send your character on their quest. 
Having a character affected by ostracism gives them a really cool progression as they overcome it and deal with it. And they'll become stronger for it in the end of that campaign. Sure enough. Maybe one day when Tivius is through all of his struggles, he settles down after his career of heroism and he responds to fires. He's the first responder. Runs in there and takes care of stuff. It all comes full circle happy ending. And that is the absolute perfect job role for a tiefling. Holy shit. <laughs> That's exactly what they should do. Yeah, that'd be a pretty cool gang of tieflings just rolling through town on a <laughs> on a cart with a big <laughs> couple of barrels of water and they're like pumping that out. And they're like, don't worry, we've got hellish resistance. Let us go in and save your dog. Save those ducks. <laughs> those wingless ducks. The secret of the wingless duck is he's 100% fire resistant, by the way. <laughs> what the hell? It's a magic duck. It just keeps getting weirder. All right, wrap this up for us. Okay, so sometimes I like to introduce a quote to my character that maybe they say, or maybe it just helps me envision their behavior more clearly. And here's one I really liked for Tivius. It's by Shannon L. Alder, an author. And it's, evil originates not in the absence of guilt, but in our effort to escape it. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's All right. real good. Cool. Well, thanks to Tabletop Audio for all of our sound effects. You can follow us at Hook and Chance on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, and Reddit. And next episode, we are diving into tiefling biology and its effect on their lives. Whoa. So weird. Weird. Thanks for listening. And play great play games. Great, play great, great games. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs>